Welcome to the I Triumph Real Estate Blueprint Podcast, where greatness awaits you. I'm your host, Dr. Carlton Bell, an accredited real estate business development coach with over two decades of experience in the real estate industry. I would like to extend an invitation to all real estate practitioners to join us every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we take a deep dive into the complexities of establishing new business opportunities, implementing accountability, developing mental toughness in a challenging market, all the while enhancing the growth and development of your business through learning and incorporating artificial intelligence. Whether you're an ambitious new real estate agent, a seasoned professional, a team leader, or a broker owner hoping to expand your company, or even if you're a declining rock star striving to regain your greatness, this podcast will serve your needs. Tune in to fully tap into your potential and become the prosperous and productive real estate professional you've always wanted to be. If you're ready to elevate your business, join us every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the I Triumph Real Estate Blueprint Podcast, where greatness awaits you. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carlton Bell. Joining me today is Mr. Craig Smolin, founder and CEO of Advantage Star Mortgage, where it's not just a loan, it's your home. This podcast is being brought to you by VX Pro. VX Pro is a graphic web and publication design company that provides creative design and enhanced AI powered services specializing in graphic, visual, and publication design. Today's podcast will be part one of a two-part series where our topic is understanding your real estate financial options. We're going to talk about a couple of different things, where the market is, how volatile the market is right now. And with Craig's expertise, we're going to try to navigate these waters and talk about some different financing options with you guys. So without further ado, Let's welcome Mr. Craig Smolin, Senior Loan Officer with Advantage Star Mortgage. So, Craig, welcome to the Real Estate Blueprint Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Dr. Bell. Doing very well. How about you? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I'm doing doing just fine, man, today. You know, there's a, a lot of stuff going on in our industry right now that yes, really has us, uh, some real estate agents out here kind of kind of in a in a in a whirlwind, not knowing exactly what to do. You know, we got Interest rates, I believe that today they were hovering somewhere between, I want to say 7.7 and, and maybe 8%. And then in addition to that, we got the lawsuit that's floating out there with uh, with NAR. You know, so it's a lot of real estate agents that are somewhat in a panic, don't really know exactly what to do, which direction to go. And then what I've also found is that you have, you know, several broker owners that have been in the business for let's say uh, 10 years or so that have never seen a market or seen anything like this before. So what our objective is here today is to really educate them on that process, man, and just talk about some things that are going to shed some light on what's going on, best practices on the lending side of the business that you've seen and how this can, how we can use this platform to better educate them and inform them and just bring them up to speed and give them some options. Okay. That'd be great. Wonderful. So tell tell my tell my people a little bit about yourself, man. Company, how long you've been in the business, the whole nine yards. 
Sure. So I've been in the business since 2008 in the mortgage business. But <clears throat> before that, I was in automotive financing for 22 years. So I got a very good background in financing. So it was an easy transition to mortgages. Um, I stayed with a broker for about uh, five years. And then I decided to open up my own brokerage, Advantage Star Mortgage. Uh, so we've had this since, since uh, 2015. Wonderful, wonderful. Congratulations. So I'm always just curious when when I hear people say that they that they were with another company and then they decided to open up their own shop and and pretty much own and operate. So what was the things that that you were seeing where you were in comparison to where you are right now that made you want to open up your your own brokerage? So when I was with a broker, you're kind of at the mercy of a couple of things they have, for example, processes, which are standard in the business. So when you would finish um, a loan for a client, you would turn it over to a processor, who would submit it to the bank, order appraisals to do all these pieces. And I was finding a lot of falling through the cracks when that happened. Um, I like to a little bit of a control freak. I want to make sure for my realtors that everything is submitted extremely fast. So we make sure we always close on time. So I decided that if that was the way it was going to be, I was going to open up my own company. And we decided to do it without processors. So all the myself and all the loan officers that work for me do the loans from beginning to end. There's nobody else that ever touches the loan from inception of talking to a borrower until the day that loan closes. And we have an incredible record for on-time closings. And I believe it's because of that, because there's there's nobody that can drop the ball or take too long to do something um, because everybody's doing themselves. And I don't feel that it, it's really a lot more work on my loan officers or myself. Uh, the, I found that the processing portion of it was pretty simple. And uh, I, I would say that our loan officers know more about the entire loan process than a lot of them do because of the fact they do the entire process. Right. That is that is absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful, man. So what I want to do is I really want to go ahead and dive into the questions uh, that I have for you today. Sure. And some of the questions, you know, um, they they may be questions that other real estate agents may have had. Uh, they may have posed these questions to their lenders. They lenders may have the answers. They may not have the answers, but I want to be a resource for them today. So when we get to the when we get to the end of the podcast. And I'll also ask you how people can get in contact with you and whatnot. And then we'll share that information with them as well. So one of the questions that I have for you, I have several questions, but the question that I have for you right now is what are the most challenging situations you faced as a loan officer and how did you navigate those challenges? I would say that right now, the most challenging issue is of course, the prices of houses right now have gone up. <clears throat> And the rates have gone up so significantly that somebody who was looking for a house a year ago, year and a half ago, who didn't find a house and they're back in the market now looking, when it comes to what they qualify for, they qualify for a significantly less amount of house than they did before. And I find that the biggest challenge because somebody who may have qualified for a $300,000 house now qualifies for two hundred because of what happened to the rates and the prices of houses. And it may be, it may be difficult for them to find something in that price range that satisfies them. Okay. So in a situation like that, what type of uh, primary financing options do you find available for someone that falls into that category? What do they normally do when they're faced with a challenge like that? 
Well, there's several options. And typically what we try to do up front is we try to get a, a co-signer on the loan to get their amount of house they're looking for up. Uh, that's obviously the easiest way to do it. Um, additional cash down. Um, but as far as the programs out there, there's no program that's going to really take somebody from 200000 and move them to 300000 on the same interest rates and the same uh, price of houses. Sometimes, uh, you know, we talk to the realtors about maybe um, moving to a different location for them as far as where they're shopping that may have more uh, lower price housings that satisfy their needs where somewhere else it would be a $300,000 house. Now you can find similar house, but just in a different area for $200,000. Right. Um, you can help, you can help a little bit with uh, some of the finance options like the two one buy down, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't make a, it'll make a significant difference the first year um, and the second year, but you still have to budget for what the final interest rate is going to be. So that part doesn't really help them as far as budgeting for more house. It just helps them afford it better for the first two years. And the idea behind that is, is that hopefully the rates are going to come down within the next two years and then they can refinance at a much lower rate. Okay. So in essence, let's say there's a husband and wife uh, that combined income is great, but then the, let's say the wife's credit score doesn't really meet the required credit score in order for her income to be used. And now we know at this particular point, we're primarily using the husband's income alone. So how or what is it that you can recommend or suggest to where the wife's portion of the income can be used? Can she can she say if she has a significant amount of money in her 401k um, in, 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 in a retirement fund? Can she pull money from that and actually gift some of those funds to her husband to increase their down payment. If they increase their down payment, will that elevate their purchase price? Yeah. So a couple of things you can do. You can, of course, give the gift money uh, on a, uh, depends on what type of loan it is. Uh, on FHA loans, you can get up to, you can get as much as you want from them. You can also get some help from the seller. But what I usually recommend in a situation like that with a husband and wife, if they were going to actually use the money for something, they'd probably be much more beneficial um, if we analyze the person with the lower credit score that maybe doesn't qualify at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I find nowadays that one of the biggest reasons for credit scores dropping is credit card balances. Credit cards seem to affect your credit score more than anything. And okay. you could take somebody who had a 700 credit score last week and they have a $500 credit card and they go over the limit to 515. And that alone could take them down to a 570. That it's that dramatic on credit cards. So what I would recommend is I would I have what's called a uh, what if simulator in our system, and okay. I can type in look what do we need to do to get this credit score from let's say five seventy five to six seventy five, and it tells me an actual report that prints out that I can give to the uh, buyers. Uh, if you pay this down, this down, and this down to these percentages, uh, that's what your new score will be. Because of the fact they're probably trying to get a house right away. The realtors are trying to sell a house right away. They certainly don't want to wait months or two for these things to correct themselves. Um, there's what's called a rapid rescore. And if they can provide us with the documentation, what the new balances are on these accounts, and we know that's going to bring the score up, in 72 hours, we can actually rescore them um, so they become a buyer in less than a week. So that's usually I recommend. The money's much better spent paying down the debts and raising the credit score than it is trying to put more money down on the house. So in essence, if if instead of putting more money down on the house, they pay some of the debt down. Now the wife becomes more eligible and exactly. qualifies with the husband on the loan. Right. And at this 
particular point, now their buying power increases from what it was with the husband uh, by himself to now the both of them being on the loan, which gives them more options, more more buying power, basically. And and even if somebody uh, qualifies just on their income or they're trying to buy more house, they're always better off paying off debt as opposed to putting more money down on the house. If you took an extra $10,000, it's not going to make a significant difference in the monthly payment for their budget on a house. But if I took that $10,000 and paid off two or three credit cards, um, everything that I pay off on that credit bureau, let's say they have a bill that's $100 a month, another one that's $200 a month, that's $100 a month and $200 a month more mortgage payment that they qualify for. Okay, so they're much better off taking that ten thousand and paying off debts to qualify for more than just keep putting money down, money down, and money down. Right, I get that. I get that. So basically, what you're providing them and what the agents should actually be having the conversation uh, with you or with the loan officer that they're working with is how do we position the potential buyer to be in a better position financially without having to spend a great deal of money putting down on the actual product, but also take that money and contribute it towards paying off the debt to increase their buying power. Correct. That also helps them as far as budgeting themselves for the new mortgage payment. If I've got three bills paid off, it makes it a lot easier to make that mortgage payment as opposed to taking a $1,600 mortgage and getting it down to $1,500 because you gave me an extra $10,000. I may get their debts down by three, $400 instead of a hundred. Okay. Okay. I get that. I get that. That's some good advice. That's some really good advice because yeah, you know so we do we do a lot of that as far as uh, counseling the buyers how to get the best situation. We don't just say this is the only way we can do it. Um, and there's been a lot of times where I say to somebody they may be a 640 credit score, and I say, look, I can get you a better rate if you were a 680, and I can get you a 680 by paying 200 dollars off on this credit card. So mm-hmm. I'm looking out for their best interest. I'm not just trying to get them in a loan. I'm trying to get them in the best situation that they can possibly be on on that mortgage. And if it's something real simple like that, it obviously makes sense than just saying, you know what, I'm not going to say anything to them and just let them get the rate that 640 qualifies for. Right, I don't right. think I'm doing what I'm supposed to do if, if that's all I do and don't give them the best advice possible. Yeah. From an ethical standpoint, I'm pretty exactly. sure greatly appreciated by yes. the consumer as well as by the agent, because now the agent has established credibility with you and then you establish credibility with the agent and then the actual homeowner or the borrower really establishes the credibility with you, which in return will bring us repeat customers. That's right. That's all important, repeat customers. Yeah, so that's great. That's great. Um, let's let's pivot a little bit. Can you explain the difference uh, between, let's say, a fixed rate mortgage and an adjustable rate mortgage? I know there's a lot of buzz out there right now when people are a little afraid because they think that there's this huge crash that's getting ready to take place within the financing uh, sector, as well as the real estate sector, which kind of go hand in hand. So can you explain the difference between a fixed rate mortgage and an adjustable rate mortgage? Sure. On a fixed rate mortgage, typically it's either a 30-year, most are 30 years, but you can take 30 years or any amount of years that you want. It could be 15, 20, whatever time frame you want to finance for. And the rate will stay exactly the same for the entire period of time. When you do a variable rate, they come up with a what's called a margin and they decide that the rate for today used to be the rates were lower 
So you started out at a lower rate. It stayed the same for a certain period of time. You could set it up so it stayed the same for three years, five years, and even 10 years. Mm -hmm. At that point, it would adjust every single year after that based on whatever the current market rates were. So in the past, when rates were dropping, every single year after the initial period, when the adjustment period started, people's rates were actually going down with an adjustable rate mortgage. Mm -hmm. But in a market like this, where the rates are going up, if you get to that adjustment period and rates are higher, all of a sudden you get a higher interest rate on your mortgage, higher payment. And now it may be difficult to pay the mortgage that you had before. Because I do find that a lot of people when they get mortgages are kind of at the close to the ceiling of what their budget is. You know, right. people are allowed to do generally up to 50% of their income is what their debts can be, including the house. And a lot of people, because of the type the, the housing prices going up and the rates going up, they're getting very close to that limit. Well, if the rates adjusted on an adjustable rate mortgage higher than that, all of a sudden a $1,600 mortgage might go to $2,000, and that's a struggle. Um, the thing right now is because the rates are going up so dramatically and so quickly, um, there really isn't a marketplace right now for adjustable rate mortgages. What happens in the market is, is that these are bought by investors. The banks bundle them up, they sell them to investors. So they say to the investors, hey, I got a whole bunch of 8.75 mortgages, 6.75 mortgages. Who wants to buy that block? Right. Nobody is buying variable rates right now. So what the lenders have done is made the rates no better than the fixed rates so that nobody will sign up for one. Right. So right now, they're not attractive. If the rates come back down, um, then they may make sense for a lot of people. But just at this moment in time, they're just really not something to benefit the borrowers. It's really the 30-year fix because that's the longest you can extend it. Okay. So with that being said, and I'm, and I'm probably going to come back to this question because I have something else that I want to ask you about, specifically uh, relating to two-to-one buy-downs, three-to-one buy-downs, uh, potentially uh, 70 uh, 30 mortgage packages, 80, 20 mortgages packages. So I want to ask you to speak to that one in, in, in just a few minutes. But I want to know, in addition to what you just said, are there any special loan programs available in the market in times like this where our interest rate is where it is right now? And, and just let me state this just for the record. We don't have a bad interest rate right now. It's just the fact of the matter that we've been so spoiled over right. the last couple of years to where people were buying houses at two and a half, three percent, four percent, and they were locked in to those particular interest rates. That was a once in a lifetime thing. That's no not pressure. going to happen again. I don't believe in you being the financial expert, you can tell me, but I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Now, I know ever is a very strong word, but I doubt very seriously if we dip back down to a a two and a half, three percent, four percent interest rate, you know, here and soon. So we're really kind of balanced out where we should be without the prior real estate boom that we had, and then the recovery from that that caused everything to go down into that three to four percent factor. Would you say? Would you say that? that yeah, it's taken a little while for the consumers to accept it. Right. Um, if you look at the interest rates since 1975, which is how long they've really been tracking them, the average interest rate is 7.5. Um, when the interest rates, like when I started this in 2008, 2009, the rates were like 5.9, uh, a little bit into the sixes. And then we saw a drop down to that 4.9 range. And then we got down to the 3.9 range. The only reason that happened, so everybody understands why, was because of some uh, 
the economic recovery after 2008 and 2009, the uh, the way interest rates work is they follow the 10-year bond yield. That's the that's the factor that they follow. If the 10-year bond yield goes up and they got to pay people higher interest rates to buy the 10-year bonds, that right. increases mortgage rates and, and same going down. Well, for a short period of time there, the government was buying back their own bonds. So they didn't have to give them any interest rate, basically, because they had right. a fixed audience. And that's what drove those rates down so low. And it's an anomaly. It's probably, like you said, don't want to say ever, but it's probably never going to happen again. My hopes are they'll settle down a bit and maybe we'll get into the somewhere in the fives. You know, yeah, yeah. that's what we're hoping for. And I will tell you, this week has been a great week for rates because uh, they came out and talked about how they weren't most likely going to raise prime anymore. And it triggers the market. Uh, yeah. The 10-year bond started to fall down uh, almost a, a half a percent. And we have seen rates drop almost a half a percent this week from where they were. So yeah. they're no longer at the high. We just have to hope that it keeps the trend that it's going. But it's an amazing difference between you know Monday and Friday just in a week. Because rates can adjust once a day, twice a day, three times a day, depending on news in the marketplace uh, economic news, it could be political news, all kinds of things affect the interest rates. So people don't realize that they change daily. I mean, I can give somebody a rate on Monday and it's totally different on Friday, but it could go both ways. It could go up by Friday or it could go down by Friday. So that's why we always recommend, you know, locking in a rate when things go good and they get down like they are right now. Yeah. I know, uh, last week we were hovering right around 8%. Yes, I we know were. Today we're right at seven and a half. Yep. So you're right. They have dropped at least a half a percentage point, which which brings me back to what you said before. We are pretty much leveled where we should be. Had the crash or any of that never happened, had we right. not bubbled? I know that's a whole bunch of what ifs. And had we not gone through that three or four percent period, we would probably still be hovering right around maybe seven to probably six and a half, maybe seven percent. Because right. that seems like what the average is right now, right around seven, seven and a half over over the course of a 30 year period. I can tell you that when I bought my house uh, roughly a little over 30 years ago, the interest rate was at seven and a half percent, which I thought was actually a good rate. However, the price of housing was not as high right. as, as it is now. But at the same time, household income wasn't as high as it is now. Also, although we have you know, uh, some inflation in there and the price of food and the basic necessities like gas and things of that nature are also high, but income levels are a lot higher now as well. Right. So yeah, you it have seems to be the most challenging for first time home buyers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so I'm glad to know that there are some uh, special loan products and things out there. Can you talk about some of the uh, special loan programs that you and your company have? For first-time home buyers, yeah. So for first-time home it depends on whether you're going with an FHA loan or a conventional loan. <clears throat> so typically, uh, it depends on the credit score which one you go with because it'll be beneficial. If somebody is a, I would say, just to give a ballpark, six eighty or below, they're probably more beneficial going with an FHA loan than they are conventional because the rates are better for them. If you try to do a conventional loan on those lower scores, because conventional will actually go down to six forty. But when you see how large the monthly mortgage insurance premium is and how high the rates are, they're almost off the chart where you have to start paying points. So they're way better off going FHA. Um, 
So let's talk about the conventionals first. If somebody's got very strong credit, they're 700 plus credit score. Uh, we we have an amazing first time homebuyer program right now. It's totally different than anything I've seen in years because when you do a conventional loan, first time homebuyer, you only have to put 3% down. With this right. program, they're going to get a grant for 2% of the 3%. So they only need okay. 1% down payment. Now they still need closing costs, but it's right. a 1% right. down. And they both this gets all approved at the same time. There's other programs out there that first you have to apply for the money and then you have to wait six months to see if you get approved, things like that. This is all instantaneous. Okay. The other big benefit to it, I've never seen this before, and I don't even why know why they did it, but there is no mortgage insurance on this program. So even mm-hmm. though you're putting less than 20% down, only 3% and only one from you, yeah. you have mortgage insurance, which of course makes you budget for more house because right. your monthly right. payment is lower. So that's a phenomenal program um, right. for somebody who's doing an FHA loan. Three and a half percent down is the minimum down payment requirement. Um, but there are some um, programs out there that will give you the three and a half percent down payment um, in a second loan. So now, of course, you do have to budget for both of them. They take this three and a half percent. It's a second loan for 10 years. So it's a lot smaller number. So it doesn't need to go 20 or 30 years. And of course, you hope that they're kind of borrowing the down payment. They plan on paying it back in a reasonable period of time anyway, because it would be to their benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that program is is great. That helps you out. Um, you're going to find that um, the rates on it are a little bit higher than the standard FHA program. So yeah. whenever I counsel a buyer, I tell them that if they can do their own three and a half percent down, that's going to get them the best terms. But right. of course, right. if it's not there and you want to get a house, I have this available for you um, for FHA buyers. So that kind of covers them. And of course, VA veterans don't need any money down there. They do hundred percent financing. So there's, there's nothing needed there. That is, that is absolutely a phenomenal program. And I really, really, really want to talk about the two to one buy down and the three to one buy down. But what I want to do is I want to take a break and pay some homage to our sponsors. So just bear with me. And what we're going to do is we're going to come back and finish our conversation with Mr. Craig Smolin, owner of Advantage Star Mortgage. So this is Dr. Carlton Bell, and you're listening to the Real Estate Blueprint podcast. Thank you very much, and we'll be right back. Thank you. Are you in need of captivating graphic, web, or publication designs that truly stand out? Look no further. Introducing VX Pro, your ultimate solution for all your design needs. At VX Pro, we believe in crafting designs that leave a lasting impact and tell a powerful story. Our team of experts is dedicated to creating designs that embody depth, creativity, and compassion, ensuring that every project we undertake is nothing short of exceptional. From stunning publications that captivate your audience, to custom website designs that redefine your online presence, to honoring a loved one's legacy through meaningful funeral programs, Our creative services have got you covered. Ready to experience the VX Pro difference? Visit our website at vxproinc.com and let us bring your vision to life. VX Pro, delivering excellence beyond your expectation, one design at a time.
Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. All right. Welcome back to the Real Estate Blueprint Podcast. My name is Dr. Carlton Bell. I'm here today with uh, business owner, Mr. Craig Smolin of Advanced Star Mortgage. So what we're talking about today is different financing options for potential buyers that are in the market today. Uh, I would be remiss if I did not tell you guys that this podcast is being brought to you by VX Pro Design. VX Pro is, is a creative design and enhanced AI powered company servicing and specializing in graphics and virtual publications. So Craig, let's dive back into this thing. Sure. Man. So let's talk about um, what is the, what's the, what's your process, your loan approval process and how does it differ for first time home buyers versus move up buyers? So let's talk about the first time home buyers first and what their process is. And then let's go right into talking about what is the process for approval for those move-up buyers. Sure. <clears throat> so uh, all buyers, when they're uh, applying for a loan, first thing we do is we take a loan application. Now, we like to take them over the phone. Some people they can. Some people take them on the websites and things like that, which we have on our website. But uh, I find that it's a real good get-to-know-me process, and you get a lot more information out of somebody by doing it person-to-person, um, just that way. So are the people that work for me. So we take an application over the phone. It takes really... 10 minutes, 15 minutes to get all the information you need. Mm -hmm. um, we run a credit report and we import that into the application so that it puts their debts into our system. We already have their income from what they've told us, uh, but we won't issue a pre-approval letter until we get supporting documents such as pay stubs, W-2s, if they're self-employed, two years tax returns, um, and proof of assets so that we know they have the cash to close and that doesn't become a problem. And really, we can get a pre-approval out if they send us the documents fast enough, literally within 30 minutes, it's not a long process. And I've seen lenders out there where buyers are telling me, you know, it's been two days and I still don't have my approval yet. And I'm not sure what they're doing, but it certainly doesn't need to take that long. Right. Um, so, of course, if there's any issues with the credit or qualifying, we'll go through that whole analysis with them um, and uh, find out which is the best avenue. We'll find out options for conventional, FHA, VA, whatever's going to work best. And we'll always try to give them more than one option. So they can make the best decision for themselves. If it's a subsequent uh, borrower, what we try to find out is what their intentions are with the current house. Some people plan on buying a new house and renting the old one. Mm -hmm. uh, some people plan on selling it. So we have to find out what their intentions are. So number one, we have to find out, do they budget for both homes at the same time? Right. If that's what right. they're trying to do. If they, You have some buyers that just say, look, I'm going to sell my other house, but I want to buy the first one first and then I'll move when I feel like it, you know, that type of thing, just to make right. it easier right. for them. Um, so they have to budget for two homes. Uh, if they are going to rent the old house out, 
That works great because all they have to do is get us a lease prior to closing, showing us what that amount's going to be. And the way it works is whatever that rental amount's going to be that they're getting a lease for, for the, the current property, times 75%, whatever that number is will offset their current mortgage payments. So they don't have to budget for two houses at the same time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we're finding on those. And sometimes if somebody is selling the house and we have to wait for them to close on that house to go closing on the new one, uh, we get with the realtor and find out how much of the proceeds going to be that they're actually going to net after they pay off their loan, pay the realtors and everything else. So we know exactly how much money that we're working with, because typically that's what they're using to go towards the new the new property. Right. So so let's say let's flip to the other side of that. What is it that you are looking for the realtors to do as far as their position, their job when working with these first time home buyers or these move up buyers, which we actually refer to them as seller buyers? So right. what, what is it that you're looking for the for the for the for the uh, agent to do in that particular process? Is there anything in particular that you encourage them to do? Is there anything in particular that you advise them to do? Because I know a lot of lenders specifically say to agents, you stay in your lane in regards to selling the house and I will stay in my lane in regards to obtaining the approval and making sure that the loan gets approved and they go to closing. So yeah, it's, funny, it's funny you say that because that I say similar to that where when borrowers call me up and they ask me questions, is this a good house? Is this something I should buy? I always, always refer them back to the realtor. Yeah. It's not my wheelhouse. I don't know anywhere near as much as a realtor does. Um, where I run into problems sometimes is I do have some realtors that will um, collect documents for me. So, that, And really, right. realtors are not supposed to get pay stubs and W-2s. They're not supposed to have any access to the financial information. So what happens is you end up with a buyer that every time you ask them for something, they say, let me go check with my realtor. Right. So that's, right. So that's the reason I say let them deal direct with us when it comes to that. We'll get you the pre-approval. We'll we'll review everything with you after we're done with the borrower. Exactly what we talked about. We're not going to disclose credit scores. We may say this guy's got a great credit score or something like that, but we don't really, you know, give out any private information. Um, but you're you're right. I I believe separate like separate of church and state. You know, realtors and lenders both have their specialty. Um, and you know, maybe. Uh, you know, I don't know if realtors are doing this or not, if they're showing them houses before they know what they qualify for. So the expectations get too high from the borrower, you know, right, kind of right. just wait till we get this approval um, right. so that you know exactly what to show them. So they don't say, well, I like the other one you showed me, you know? Yeah, that is, that is a great point because the policy really should be, don't show any property until you've been able to ascertain a pre-approval yes. and not an actual pre-qualification. Thank you for joining us here today on the I Triumph Real Estate Blueprint Podcast, where greatness awaits you. Take note, success in real estate does not solely rely on relentless effort. Rather, it's about implementing intelligent strategies and focusing on consistent skill enhancement. Business development and coaching offers the direction, tactics, and expert knowledge you require to spot phenomenal growth and development in your business. So don't hold back from taking your real estate career to the next level. Let's be clear. The transformative power of coaching can establish or rejuvenate your real estate enterprise. So seize the chance today and allow us to guide you to the peak of success 
that you've always envisioned. Kindly visit our website at itriumphenterprises.com as well as follow us on all social media platforms at drfitz17 for all of your real estate, coaching, and consulting needs. You can listen to our podcast on all major streaming platforms. So get in touch with us today to commence your journey towards a prosperous future in real estate. Well, we'll see you here every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the I Triumph Real Estate Blueprint Podcast, where greatness awaits you. I'm your host, Dr. Carlton Bell. Thank you again for joining us, and we hope to see you real soon.